Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Today, the Democratic House managers rise for the third consecutive day to wrap up their opening argument in the Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. Unlike Rudy Giuliani, it is not hard to find our podcast. He was caught complaining about that earlier today. So I'm glad you're all here. I've got two fantastic guests to help me make sense of what we've heard so far and what we're likely to hear from President Trump's legal team in the next few days. Joining me now, CNN legal analyst Jack Quinn, who was the White House counsel during the Clinton administration. And I'm also also pleased to welcome the newest edition of the CNN family. That's CNN White House correspondent John Harwood. Thank you both for being here, gents. You bet. Thank you. Uh, John, let me just start with you from your perch at the White House and what you're hearing from sources inside that building. What is the mentality uh, inside Trump's orbit in inside the West Wing as they're watching the Democrats make their case this week? Well, I think there's some apprehension that uh, uh, Democrats have had three days unanswered to lay out their case. They've done it pretty effectively. Uh, And you see the president being anxious to get started, get uh, his defense out there. He complained this morning on Twitter that uh, the uh, uh, Republican response uh, or the administration response would come on Saturday, which he called Death Valley in television because of (laughs) low ratings. So uh, I think he's uh, eager to get it going. It's going to be a shorter session uh, to allow them to put more of it during the weekday next week. And Jack... um If you're in the White House counsel's office and you have watched uh, three days, as John is saying, of a pretty compelling case that the Democrats have have put forward here, um, does your approach change at all in observing what the Democrats have put forward? Or do you go with the case that you had built before the trial started? Well, um, it's hard for me to put on the sort of Clinton era hat and and answer that question um, because what what is really clear to me is that uh, President Trump and Leader McConnell are just going to brazenly bull this thing through to a conclusion uh, and demand uh, that these Republican senators uh, follow like sheep despite the evidence. The evidence will be irrelevant when it comes to their making up their mind and voting. At least that's the way it looks. Um, And uh, that really saddens me. Uh, I think there's, you know, uh, generations of of history, uh, American history, and and attention to the Constitution and what it means. and, And what amazes me, frankly, is the inability of this Congress, and in particular, this Republican Senate, uh, to stand up for itself, you know, to pull its pants up and, and act like 
uh, big boys and girls. I mean, th these people are, are part of what's supposed to be a co-equal branch of government. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid that among other casualties uh, in this whole impeachment process will be that the notion of separation of powers uh, and co-equal branches of government, at least as long as Trump is president, uh, will be, um, you know, dead. I, I totally take your point on uh, McConnell really wanting to make sure there are no witnesses and really wanting to get this to a quick conclusion. But I, I guess I'm eager to hear the president's team start to make the defense because so much of uh, the last three years, Trump, the Trump era defense of anything has just been sort of nonsensical tweets and just, uh, you know, rhetoric from the president that just is completely unfounded, has no basis. In fact, there are some pretty uh, big legal minds on his team that are going to stand up in the, uh, you know, in the floor of the United States Senate. And I would imagine they're not just going to offer up a 120 character uh, factless tweet the way that Donald Trump does in his defense. I would imagine we're going to hear maybe for the first time in three years a really uh, attempt at a substantive defense from the White House team. Well, we would imagine that. But the evidence from the opening of this trial was not encouraging on that front. Pat Cipollone, the uh, White House counsel, came out and uh uh, in his opening statement, said that uh, Republicans had not been allowed into the facility where Democrats had uh, initiated some of the interviews for their impeachment inquiry. That's, that simply wasn't true. Uh, and there are other things that were argued uh, that were not true. To me, the most fascinating choice uh, that the president's uh, team faces is how to modulate between two mixed messages. One message that appeals uh, a great deal to President Trump is he didn't do anything wrong. The other message is uh, he did something wrong, but it's not worth impeaching him over. We started hearing the latter a little more today. Well, we certainly heard that from Rob Portman, uh, the senator from Ohio, who said, yes, I've said it was inappropriate, uh, but you've got the, some of the more conservative members, Josh Hawley of Missouri, who said, nope, not a thing wrong. Uh, I think how many uh, Republican senators come down on uh, which side of that divide uh, may uh, indicate for us, uh, we'll get an advance uh, peek at that when we have the votes on witnesses. I want you guys to hear a little bit of uh, the House manager's argument on the floor. Again, we're recording this in the afternoon. They've still got hours to go in making their final day of argument. Uh, but uh, I want you to hear Jason Crow of Colorado, one of the House Democratic uh, managers, freshman Democrat from uh, a battleground district, um, I want you to hear the case he makes to remind the stakes that were at play here, the national security stakes that were at play here. Here's Jason Crow. Now, let me take a moment to address another defense I expect you will hear. That the aid was released and the investigations were never announced, so therefore, no harm, no foul, right? Well, this defense would be laughable if this issue wasn't so serious. First, I've spoken over the past three days about the real consequences of inserting politics into matters of war. Real people, real lives are at stake. Every day, every hour matters. So no, the delay wasn't meaningless. Just ask the Ukrainians sitting in trenches right now. 
I mean, when he was making that argument, I kept thinking, there, Ron Johnson, the Republican from Wisconsin, who was over in Ukraine and, and uh, fighting for this aid uh, to, to be supplied, is sitting there hearing this argument. I wonder, you know, Lindsey Graham, uh, the, you're thinking about this is an argument that so many of those Republican senators sitting as jurors in this trial would normally be receptive to. And yet we have no indication that they are. Yeah, I, but I think, frankly, the thought process that they go through is this runs against everything I came here to try to be and do um, as a United States senator. But then they remember that if they cross Trump, it's, you know, it, it, it's committing suicide politically for them. Uh, in the Republican Party. And speak to the legal argument that he's fighting against there, the notion of, hey, the aid was eventually released. So this is not this is no harm, no foul. But that's not true. Uh, There is harm. It's not even a legal argument. Right. I mean, you know, attempted murder is attempted murder. That's a crime. Okay, you get put in prison for that. Um, So the fact that he they attempted uh, to commit impeachable offenses um, it, it speaks for itself as, as far as I'm concerned. The harm was the aid was delayed. Uh, and secondly, the confidence of a U.S. ally that is in a hot war with uh, our adversary, Russia, was shaken. That matters. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what uh, Jason Crow was illuminating. And, and that's such an important point because, um, look, we've all been observing for quite some time now uh, you know, the the bromance between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. Um, it is it is beyond disturbing. Um, but, you know, this is all part and parcel of that. I mean, here, uh, you know, Donald Trump is just bending over backwards, uh, you know, being uh, Putin's um, toady. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. That's a pretty uh, um, good description. And, and you know, it, it sends a message not only to Ukraine, uh, but to friends and foes around the world. Um, and it, it, it really speaks ill of, I think, our government at this moment in time, this important moment. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump doesn't care about that. And yeah, you know, frankly, and I'm going out on a limb here, um, uh, letting my cynical self run wild. But I, I frankly think that um, this speaks to uh, how important uh, the the sort of uh, financial afterlife, the post presidency, is to Donald Trump, and how much on his mind it is, because there's no explanation for the way he. Uh, uh, does everything he can think of uh, to make Vladimir Putin comfortable and confident uh, and and safe um, than that he's thinking about, you know, he's going to get rich after the presidency. Uh, you know, Adam Schiff used a voice from the grave from John McCain to underscore uh, this very point uh, about Putin and the national security at stakes here. I want you to hear that piece of the argument today. This strong bipartisan support for Ukraine reflected what Senator McCain said was an opportunity for the United States to undermine Russian leverage in Eastern Europe by building, quote, a success in Ukraine. Senator McCain outlined this vision. 
Putin also sees, here's this beautiful and large and magnificent country called Ukraine. And suppose Ukraine finally, after failing in 2004, gets it right, democracy, uh, gets rid of corruption, economy's really improving, and it's right there on the border of Russia. And so I think it makes him very nervous if there were a success in Ukraine in bringing about a free and open society and economic success, which is not the case in Russia, as you know, which is propped up by energy. Sometimes the story gets so far away from uh, those uh, principles that were uh, at stake here. Uh, Schiff clearly wanted to remind uh, some senators, and I think use McCain, obviously, for dramatic effect, John. But is there anything you've seen today or in the previous two days that in your sense is moving a single one of those Republican senators towards more witnesses, more documents, which seems to be the real short-term goal here of the managers. I don't think we can rule that out uh, until they have to lay down votes. Uh, they're all trying to keep their counsel, keep heat off themselves uh, while they think about it. Uh, you have to assume that there are uh, members of conscience who are grappling with uh, with these facts. Um, but uh, we're not going to know for for a few days, and and I do think that uh, the McCain uh, bite that you just played is illustrative of something that we sometimes forget. Ukraine and Russia are not different stories; they're part of the same story. Uh, Paul Manafort, who was the chairman of uh, Donald Trump's campaign, who of course is in jail now uh, as a result of the Mueller investigation, uh, had been advising a pro-Russian leader of Ukraine. That leader was overthrown, and it was after that leader was overthrown and a less pro-Russian leader took over that Russia decided to interfere in our election and did so. And the effort by uh, the Trump administration to move uh, Ambassador Ivanovich out of the way uh, and to uh, uh, disseminate the idea that it was Ukraine that interfered in the election, those are attempts to absolve Russia for what it did in 2016 and, and absolve President Trump. The completely debunked idea. That it was Ukraine. That it was yes, it was not true. Right. It's I mean, Russian com- propaganda. Right. It, 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 totally Russian propaganda. We, we, we learned from Fiona Hill, not a liberal Democrat, someone who worked on President Trump's National Security Council, that that was a concocted story by Russia to absolve itself, put the focus, the blame on Ukraine, and it also has the effect of absolving President Trump, who has been accused uh, uh, by Robert Mueller of welcoming Russian help. One closing point before we go. Uh, We need to remember that even if uh, they don't respond to the arguments for the reasons that Jack outlined earlier, there's another audience for these arguments, and that's American voters. Uh, What Democrats hope is that even if they are not able to get votes for witnesses, much less for conviction of the president, that they have more and more voters who see uh, and come to uh, appreciate what happened in this case, uh, that their opinion uh, uh, falls of President Trump, dents his approval rating a little, makes it easier for them to beat him. That's uh, uh, We got an election in 10 months, and they that's very much on their minds. Yeah, I, I, I color me dubious that uh, this is going to be front and center for voters 
when they're making their decisions in October and November in this presidential election. Uh, in this political and media environment, uh, so that is so much time away from this moment that I, I don't know. We'll see. I, we don't know, but I... Uh, there's no doubt, John, you're right, that they are making this case not just to the senators, but to the American people. I just don't know how long lasting that will sit with the American people when it comes time uh, to vote in November. John, Jack, thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciate your insights uh, right here on The Daily DC. And just want to remind everyone, keep up with the latest reporting and analysis on this historic impeachment trial at CNN.com slash impeachment. It's updated regularly throughout the day as developments are flying fast. We'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Remember, we've got a new episode every weeknight, so please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. While you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow for a special Saturday episode, and then we'll see you again on Monday. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.